Hello and welcome to the very first State Champs Hang Time Michigan podcast of 2022. I'm Elizabeth Kuhn and joining me in the podcast room is Lexi Ayala. Hang Time is presented by Lawrence Technological University. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports, including women's basketball. Athletic and academic scholarships are available. Recruit yourself at ltuathletics.com. State Champs W's Hang Time Michigan is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSAA is looking for officials. Great part-time pay, stay in the game. Visit MHSAA.com for details. The Michigan Army National Guard, the official military outlet of the MHSAA. The physical therapy and sports medicine pros with the Detroit Medical Center. I encourage you to check out our Game Changers segment featuring terrific training tips and how to prevent injuries. Segments debut Wednesdays across the State Champs Network, including our State Champs TV YouTube page. Please give them a like. If you are in pain or injured for immediate care, go to dmc.org slash gamechangers. And the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female Athlete of the Year Awards. Are you an elite student athlete with good grades and represent leadership on your team and community? You can be nominated, but you must apply. Download the application at dacathleteoftheyear.com and send it in today. I'm Lexi Ayala, and this is the companion podcast to our State Champs Women's Hangtime Michigan Digital Show. We've got highlights and the information on some of the best girls basketball coverage on State Champs, including a preview of some of the best games in the state and my hot topic of the week. Check it out on our website, statechampsw.com. Joining us for this week's Chalk Talk, sponsored by the Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan, is the head girls basketball coach at St. Ignace High School, a school just minutes across the Mackinac Bridge in the Upper Peninsula. Her name is Doreen Ingalls. How are you doing, Coach? And thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk some hoops. Hi, you're very welcome. I'm doing just great. Uh, just got back from watching the Sun Bowl down in El Paso, Texas. So we got in late last night. Uh, it's been a, an awesome week. Um, we also were down at the Motor City Round Ball Classic for the girls basketball and played on um, Wednesday and uh, we flew out Thursday morning. So it's been a it's been a fun week. Busy B, busy B. And it was a big win for the Chippewas over Washington State in the Sun Bowl also. So congrats to them. Thank you, thank you. We were there watching one of our former players, uh, Gage Kresge, play, and he was starting safety and leads him in tackles. So it's been a it's been a fun year to watch him uh, end so well. That was great. You love to see it. So we know you've coached at St. Ignis for almost 25 years, nearly 470 wins, 18th all-time in Michigan history, girls basketball, so much success, five state titles. Talk about your journey and what led you to coaching in the first place. Well, um, I played sports, obviously, when I was in high school and went on to Lake Superior State, where I played four sports there. And um, when you get to college, you have different roles. And so I, I believe that's helped me a lot, be able to relate to each kind of player that we have on a team, you know, whether you're a support player or a star. Or, I wasn't really a star at college, but, uh, but you know, in my high school at Anchor Bay uh, High School downstate, um, you know, we, we had some good teams. And uh, we've just been blessed with the people that you meet. Uh, every team's different. I've learned that uh, even with a lot of the majority of the kids coming back and some, you know, it's just always a little bit different each one. And it's been a challenge to, but a fun challenge to try to see which one, what makes it tick, you know, and you just have to relate to each kid, each team. And uh, it's been, it's been a, a, 
blessed journey, that's for sure. I've met some amazing people. And Coach, you are in the UP Sports Hall of Fame. That's some big stuff. The Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan Hall of Fame. You were given the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame Treasury Award. And just last April, you were named the 34th recipient of the MHSAA's Women in Sports Leadership Award. So not only are you a coach, but you have been a board member of the BCAM for 20 years, chairperson of the Miss Basketball Committee, the executive director of the MHSAA, Mark Yule, said you are one of the strongest advocates of girls basketball in the state for over two decades. I mean, just so many accomplishments. Can you talk more about just your passion for the game and why it means so much to you? Well, um, yes, I, you know, I'm just going to correct one thing where I'm not in the BCAM Hall of Fame right now. That was more for the service. Um, I was honored for a service in the, uh, in the BCAM organization, but uh, I think they're trying to wait until we retire or, or something, but uh, I know, I know it's they, coming. Try it's coming. they try to get me to apply, but uh, my son says, just wait, just wait. I think he wants to wait until he can get his ring sized for it. But um, at any rate, uh, it's been, we've been blessed uh, with some amazing people. Uh, it, it's, it definitely takes, you know, a village, you know, how they say that. But uh, for coaching, you have to have the right people, the right administrators. Uh, you know, the, my husband has helped me tremendously, and I would never be able to do any of this without him. Um, it's, it's, it's just been a blessed journey, but I, you can't do it without the people that are committed along with you it's just you're just just kind of one of the people that um takes the ride and uh, it's been it's been joyous for sure speaking of just doing a lot of things for the community and for the people back in 2009 you started the hooping for a cure basketball game cancer has impacted so many families can you talk a little bit about that event and where the proceeds go yes definitely um we have raised a lot of money. I was trying to get the actual amount uh, to date, but it's well over two hundred thousand at this point. Wow! But we have—it's um, one of my one of my obviously favorite projects that we do. And uh, back in two thousand nine, there was the Lowell uh, Pink Arrow game, and one of the um, ladies here in the athletic offices and uh, uh, worked for the superintendent. She and her sister went down, and um, Karen Fowler. Uh, son is Nate Fowler, and he was, he is, I think, I believe he's now the superintendent at Lowell, but they had started the Lowell Pink Heart um, Pink Out game, and they brought back the idea. And so I got with, uh, met with Rod Nelson at the Mackinac Straits Hospital CEO, and we were just starting our uh, cancer um, wing, and we did not have much in town for that at all in St. Ignace. So we had a lot of the proceeds in the first few years were going towards examining tables and infusion chairs and different things like that. And once we, you know, based in the heating blankets machine, and once that started to um, fill up, we decided, um, actually Dr. Ed Smith decided that we're gonna make it no cancer patient left behind. And so there's a fund for people that need to go out of town, out of state, or usually not out of state, but out of town to get their um, infusions or different things that we can't provide here in town give them gas cards you know overnight stays helped with that and uh, that's that's impacted and helped so many people in our surrounding area so we have many counties that utilize our hospital and so that's been very helpful and um, it's just been a great community event no matter who's been part of it um, it's just been fantastic. This year on, on is going to be uh, Mackinac City, both boys and girls, and we're really excited to have them also join us with that. And you know, it's just it's just something that the town and the 
surrounding area really uh, buys into. And we raise anywhere from twelve to twenty-five thousand a year um, each year on that. So we're we're pretty blessed to, and people really buy into it. And it's everybody's impacted by it. And my mom had died very young, um, closing in on her age right now of uh, glioblastoma multiforme. It's a, a cancer of the brain that's uh, it, it takes you quickly and it's wicked. And um, that's one of the reasons. And my husband's Mom also died in her fifties from cancer, so it's been very uh, passionate in our in our family to uh, try to do what we can to help people that are suffering. Yeah, that really that's really incredible. I mean, that's a lot of money raised for a great cause, and just to start scraping into a little bit of the X's and O's for basketball, your Saints got as far as the Division Three Regional Finals a year ago before falling in overtime to Calumet. Let's talk about this year's team. The Saints are three and two out of the gate, but tell yep. me about some of those expectations you have so far. Well, um, this will be the first year that we don't have um, a lot of returners. Uh, we lost our two four-year starters, um, Emily Hart and Hallie Marshall, and they were my guards. So um, I do have another uh, four-year starter that's come back for her senior year, and that's Allie Schultz. And um, everybody has a different role this year. You know, a lot of times we have a lot of young ones. We have a freshman starting and a lot of kids stepping up in new roles because when you have two uh, four-year starters leaving, that's that's a big divot but these kids they're working their tails off last year was a really crazy year with covid and on the season's on the season's off the season's delayed um and yes we did fall to a very mighty uh, calumet team they beat us in overtime but they were that old school you know grind out and they really did well throughout the tournament and lost to kent city by i believe two or four points so it's a very close game and uh, they did well, but uh, this year we're just, we're trying to get better every day. Uh, we're young. Um, like I said, everybody has a different role, even Allie. Um, you know, she has to take over a lot of the ball handling. Uh, and so you know, we have other kids that aren't used to um, playing certain positions, but they're learning. And so every day we have to get make her best better and I'm really proud of their efforts. And uh, it's been it's been fun every day with them in the gym. Yeah, with some of your leaders graduated and gone now, how are you getting some of these younger players to step into a leadership role of their own? Well, it's it comes by every day in practice. You know, if they can communicate during practice, then they, that'll transcend into the games. Um, you know, we want our freshmen all the way up to our seniors to be leaders on the floor. And and that's sometimes not easy for uh, even the seniors. Some of them are withdrawn and are a little shy, but we try to get them outside of their box. And that's uh, one of the nice things about wintertime is that you get kids coming home that are previous players for Thanksgiving and they'll come in and they'll talk to our teams and, um, you know, we had uh, Nicole Rumblad, Emily Hart, and Steve McDonald come into our practices, and uh, it's just been awesome. And they give their two cents in, and some of their, um, you know, some of the things that they could do to help share, and what they would do differently. And you know, working outside your box was one of the, you know, things that uh, Steve McDonald talked about. And, you know, get out there and and uh, and be leaders. And it was just, it's just awesome. You know, you get goosebumps listening to these former players uh, talk to your team, and um, some of them may not know exactly who they are and then you talk about them and they're like oh that's <laughs> so it, it's just and some of them weren't even born when they played <laughs> it's just cute but right um you know it's it's just it, we're we're blessed and uh you know we, we just try to get them to make their own history you know it, it's it's not all about the past it's all about the 
it's about the now and uh, everything changes every year and uh, this is their time to make their own history and and they're working their tails off and I couldn't be more proud it's about the victories within the victory when you're when you're developing teams and um, you know we just have to build them up and that's what we're trying to do that's right and we all want to continue to see high school basketball grow in the state and just around the nation there's a lot of young coaches coming in now and here on hang time we want to see coaches that we interview share some tips some routines maybe x's and o's or drills that has really worked for you even since we're on the topic right now of new players stepping into that leadership role just some way that you have a motivation tactic i know you're bringing speakers in but can you just share something with some of the other younger coaches that they can maybe take from the biggest thing is is high energy um, be energy givers and that's uh sometimes when kids are worried about making mistakes then they stop moving and um and there's also sometimes when they make mistakes they put their head down and that basically brings down the team and so we try to really push each kid to be energy givers you know don't don't be energy takers be energy givers and whether you're you can make an impact on your team whether you're on the floor or on the bench and so make sure that you are doing the best that you can to lift up your team and and i think and i actually have a former player that i coached in eighth grade and jv at the jv level and mario calcaterra and he is actually coaching and he reached out to me during one of my practices asking some for some advice and it was just it's a, a young team and they're just developing and I just told them to work on you know their basic skills you know obviously the fundamentals but make sure you put the fun in the fundamentals and and uh, also the, the activity level and the you know just get them all clapping up and get them excited for practice and you know being energy givers and that's what Mario was when he played and um, you know hustle and I love picking out the kids that can go in and make a play. Sometimes I call them ankle biters if they're small, but they go in and make a defensive stop and a defensive play, get a big rebound, different things, because not everybody is going to be the one that's going to put the points on the board. But if they can get you some hustle points, and those are the MVPs of, of some of our games, and that's that's what you got to have day in and day out, and you really have to celebrate that. And the victories, the small victories, it's not about the scoreboard. It's about doing something and, and accomplishing something that you worked on, whether it's a crossover, whether it's taking a charge, um, boxing out even, you know, sometimes pivoting is is the what, you know, what our goal is. And, you know, just stuff like that. You just have to, you know, embrace every, you know, embrace the little things. And if you do that, you're going to enjoy your journey. If you're only worried about the scoreboard, you're, you're going to miss the journey. Yeah, coach, I call it basketball amnesia. Tell me if you've ever used that before, but just <laughs> next play mentality. Got to have yep, amnesia. Absolutely. Yep, shake it off and stepping on up. <laughs> and definitely celebrating the small stuff makes it so much more fun. It's, it's awesome. Yes. I love the energy. Um, yep. So BCAM has introduced and officially launched the One Team campaign in an effort to promote unity among teams, schools, and communities. It's so important. So what are some things you've done already or will do, whether it's activities, at games, or both, to promote unity on the court and respect for the teams and each other? Absolutely. I think it's so important. Um, you know, there's there's different, obviously different levels and different um, outreaches of this campaign. But one of the things that we definitely make sure is that we, we teach our kids things that they may not understand. Um, it, it, given in a small community up, up north, they don't realize some of the things that people face. And I think education is, is so important. And I think that we, instead of hiding from 
what is, you know, what is happening out there that we need to discuss it. I think uh, sweeping it under the rug just makes it worse. And I think we need to talk about it. And that's one thing that we try to do as a unit is, is discuss things that are, you know, whether it's, a, you know, the topic of, on the news, um, you know, as far as when we're playing, we make sure that we talk about, you know, we try to talk to our student bodies and make sure that we are promoting positive cheering um, and, you know, and just make sure that everybody is having a, leaving that floor and leaving the stadium knowing that, you know, that was a, a good positive experience. We, there's no need to, you know, ridicule anybody um, as far as on the court. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of social issues that we need to talk about. And most recent, obviously, was the Oxford, um, you know, tragedy. And it just, it, it, that reaches out into, you know, you don't know what people are feeling. You don't know what your impact and a positive word for from you could do to somebody else. And, you know, we all have these anecdotes and these stories, the changing lives that Doug likes to do on the bus. And it's it's a curriculum and uh, different things like that. We do discuss things. But when it's, there's something right there that is fresh and, you know, current, that that usually helps, you know, discuss it a little bit more and make it more real to these kids. Because a lot of people think it's only happening to other people. But it could happen at home as well and it's just something that it's i think the power of discussion is what you know you have to bring it out in the forefront you can't hide can't hide the shadows coach staying on that topic of starting the conversation getting it going we have a segment on our hang time basketball show for women called hot topic so i want to talk right. to you a little bit about my hot topic this week i absolutely 100 percent believe we need integrated a shot clock in high school basketball. What are, what are your thoughts on that as a coach? Well, anybody that knows how we play knows that we probably would never get the buzz on the shot clock because <laughs> we fly. But um, I we did that for our summertime. Um, this year we uh, oh, wow. incorporated a shot clock for our uh, camps here. Uh, we had some teams, and they all seemed to like it a lot. Um, awesome. Very rarely did that go off, but at the beginning a couple times, and then it was like, oh, that's right, that's right. But we are one of the teams, the few teams that are doing a pilot test. Uh, we are actually doing that for our pink game with Mackinac City for both boys and girls Great. and so we will be implementing that because um you know jackson my son had you know had the whole shot clock system put in when we got new scoreboards so we're anxious to see that um you know like everything else i think the main um drawback would be is finding somebody to run it but just like anything else that's that's doable uh you just have to you know sometimes you know just search a little harder but there's going to be somebody that's retired that would love to do something like that you just have to look around and find somebody but um, just like anything else, it's going to take a little bit of um, convincing. But I think once people play with it and realize that, no, it's really not um, going to hurt your team much, but it definitely keeps the pace of the game going, which uh, which is something that we like to do anyway. So selfishly, that would be something great for us. Um, some of these people that over that are better coaches than me and know their X's O's a little bit better than me, they might not want to do that because they like to control the, the two-minute offense or whatever it may be. But if we're not shooting within 25 seconds, 35 seconds, I start getting hives. So <laughs> I start getting we hives. Yes, when it's the end of the basketball game and it's keep away basketball <laughs> for five minutes in the fourth quarter. Yep. That's what yep. kills me. But let me know <laughs> if my topic that I'm planning on talking about next week is a little too controversial or not. Some people say it is. So I was thinking 
next week to talk about the possibility of lowering the women's hoop. I know Candace Parker and the WNBA has talked about that would be 10 years step back in the feminist movement. How I look at it sometimes is the women's and men's volleyball net are different heights. So that's something that can kind of relate. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you're going to run into some things there, I think. I, that's the first I've ever heard of that before. But, um, you know, you've got a lot of kids that have been, um, you know, working on the 10-foot rim. You know, they're shooting. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when they start lifting weights, that adjusts their shot. So if you move the, mm -hmm. move the rim up and down, um, you know, then you have the transition from what are you going to do for AAU, and then you have the um, collegiate level, you know, they're, are they going to have to go back to the 10 foot? So I'm not sure. I would maybe even think though, maybe possibility for junior high possibility might be a good idea. Um, you know, or, you know, the sixth grade level for boys, even, um, I know some of those junior high boys, they use the smaller ball for like the same size as the girls, yeah. you know, possibility. I could see that. Um, I'm not sure, um, about the high school because, for the kids that, you know, are training and, you know, working on their shot, that's going to mess mess that all that time up. We've got kids that make, you know, 10,000 threes a year and, and that's, you know, do you then move it down? And um, a lot of the, the baskets are fixated, you know, uh, the old, you know, up here anyways. Um, right. They're fixated at a certain height. Um, so that's going to be an issue for the good gyms, you know, for up here. We could use the middle school gyms and move the side baskets down. But, um, you know, I'm not... I'm not sure if that would be um, a step back or a step forward. I mean, that's just something that'd be interesting to hear the different sides though. I mean, that's like I said, it's the first time I've heard of it. So just like anything else, you know, um, if it's new, people will kind of balk at it. So you, you got to listen to both sides and then I, I would like to hear more about it. Right. And your point's very valid. I mean, maybe even the integration process is like a 20, 30 year thing mm -hmm. where you start at elementary and with that class, start moving it up that way. But Coach Ingalls, I just want to thank you again for all that you do for basketball and the game. Good luck this season, and we're excited to see you on the hardwood. Hey, thank you guys so much, and keep up the great work. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate you. Now it's time to get into some rankings talk with our State Champs own Matt Mowry. His latest top 25 rankings can be found at statechampsnetwork.com. Thanks for joining us today. Not a problem. Glad to be here. We are just as glad to be here, Matt, but we broke for the holidays, so super excited to be back. It's been, what, three weeks since your last rankings. What has changed yes. in that time? Um, a lot and not as much as you might think sometimes. Uh, it, the holiday season is always, especially with you know the round ball classic and the cornerstone classic, it's, it's one of those times of the year where you get a lot of intersectional play, a lot of a lot of non-conference games where people kind of sharpen themselves up against other teams. There was some movement. You had some of the the ranked teams, you know, Hudsonville, which had been number two or three to start the season, uh, defending D1 champs are down to seven now because they they lost in in a very good game with uh, Detroit Edison, uh, 67-48. Other than that, uh, there there wasn't a whole lot of movement near the top of the rankings. We had a more down near the bottom where we had some teams uh, drop out, you know, with, with a three. You pick up two or three losses, and then we kind of bump them out of the rankings and, and move some other teams in. So there wasn't a tremendous amount of movement. We had three teams that up dropping out of the rankings and three new teams coming in. 
So how confident are you in your top 10? And do you think there's going to be some movement around in the next uh, couple weeks? There should be. I, this is about the time of the year where we start to get into conference play. Those teams that don't really have conferences, you know, Edison, Arbor Prep, those kind of teams will continue to play kind of the, the, the non-conference independent schedule and a beefed up schedule. But you've got teams like Midland Dow and Birmingham Marion and, and Rockford that are really into their, uh, into their their conference play. So some of them have tougher slates than others in the side of the conference. But really, when you look at, at, at the top 10 teams that we've got, you know, you've got a, a Grand Rapids West Catholic number 10 that uh, is expected to be a Division II contender along with Edison and, and Portland at number nine. You've got Arbor Prep, who is looking like one of the best teams regardless of class certainly one of the top teams in division three this year they've just been you know beating up on everybody they, they beat up on you know a frankenmuth team that's a very strong division two team by by 30 points you know they had a, a 17 point win over a very strong division four team in Plymouth christian these are kind of as, as we sort through the, the initial preseason portion of the schedule, these are kind of the, the teams that have sifted their way to the top. Will they all stay here throughout the season? No idea. But at this point, these have kind of gelled into the, the, the 10 best that we have in the state right now, I feel. Were you surprised at any of the teams that have dropped out of those rankings so far? Not tremendously i know detroit renaissance went all the way to the d1 championship game last year it's a much younger team this year and and shane lawall even said at the beginning of the season we're a team that you're going to have to you know account for more at the end of the season than at the beginning so that's a very young team that's learning is not really surprised that they're four and two right now macomb dakota in the in the um in the Mac red, that's always a slog to get through that conference unbeaten. Um, and, and then East Grand Rapids, they had a couple injuries on top of graduation, so not real surprised that they're, they're battling, but but they're they're not where maybe we even thought they would be pre-injury. Um, so not really surprised. I, I think if there's a trend in the rankings at all, it's it's how maybe strong the Lansing area right now two of the ones that we talked about the last time we were here that that were kind of on the cusp at, of moving in were dewitt and hazlitt we bumped them both in at at 22 and 23 but that's not it in the lansing area the lansing catholic team that's in and in division two you've got uh, portland st pat's which is uh six and oh and they handed uh de defending D. Fowler, the, their conference rival their only loss of the season fowler's five and one it's a strong Lansing area right now. Hazlitt uh, beat East Lansing, which has kind of been the crown jewel Lansing area. Um, but you've got, you know, they've got a Williamston team on the schedule. And then DeWitt and Hazlitt play each other uh, on January 4th. Uh, you know, so that may already be done by the time people see the, this segment. It, it, there's still some sorting out process to see who is the best maybe in the Lansing area. But that's a, a very strong area it's looking like right now. And are there any teams that you feel are right there on the brink of breaking into that top 25? Dexter. Dexter is one of those teams, along with kind of South Lion East, has been one of those teams that we've kind of been watching how they were going to do in, in the intersectional play. Dexter's actually got the, the one lone 
um, win o- of anybody over West Bloomfield. West Bloomfield is number two right now, six and one. Dexter beat them out of the shoot, and I was looking at it at the time, wondering if that was more a product of West Bloomfield still trying to figure out exactly what they had, you know, with a new coach and and you know, kind of filling in for graduation. Dexter's gone on from there, and they're six and one. So it'll be kind of interesting to see where they go from here. Uh, South Lion East is one of those programs, not a very old school, not a very old program. They've been kind of trying to get over the hump. They won their first league title last year, and this year, you know, they've got they've got a beefed up non-conference schedule again. Last year, they didn't do great against that non-conference schedule. They kind of they were in every game, but they didn't win very many of those games. This year, they're five and one. Only loss, I believe, is to Arbor Prep. So that's another one of those teams that uh, you've got to watch come, going forward. Great, Matt. That's some good stuff. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. You can check out Matt Mowry's girls' basketball rankings at statechampsnetwork.com. That's all the time we have for this week's State Champs W's Hang Time Michigan podcast. For Lexi, I'm Elizabeth, and we'll talk next week. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year.